0: Section twenty five of Criminal Investigation, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Simon. Criminal Investigation A Practical Handbook for Magistrates, Police Officers, and Lawyers, Volume One by Hans Gross. Translated by John Adam and John Collier Adam. Chapter five the expert and how to make use of him section one general considerations experts are the most important auxiliaries of an investigating officer in some way or other they nearly always are the main factor in deciding a case true it is that the investigating officer whose work lies for the most part up country has not skilled experts always at his immediate disposition but in important cases he is able to refer to experts at headquarters on the other hand experts of even very small value can give excellent results but everything depends upon knowing how to make use of them indeed it is often less important to know who is to be questioned than to know how upon what and when questions must be put but it is also an important thing for the investigating officer to know just whom he ought to apply to i e what kind of expert he ought to select moreover he must know what the expert is capable of telling him in each case that is to say where his knowledge begins and what are the natural limits to it and finally he must seize the proper moment for putting his questions i e the moment when he is in possession of sufficient material To render any further research superfluous, he will, for instance, only be in possession of the best information on interrogating an observer at the microscope in cases where medical men are incapable of enlightening him. At other times, sportsmen and shikaris will be able to give him satisfactory replies, where learned experts in arms may fail him. In this connection, the explanations of the latter may be of little use some special knowledge being required in each case. As regards the limits of the expert's knowledge, the investigating officer must be particularly careful not to ask too much, for if he were to do so he might look ridiculous. On the other hand, if he does not ask enough, he may deprive himself of information of great value. A case is recalled in which the investigating officer desired to know whether the blood stain on a piece of cloth was that of a boy or of a girl another investigating officer took a stove to pieces and sent it carefully packed to the chemical examiner with a request to know whether banknotes had been burned in it or not and a colleague of the author recently met with a case in which it was asked whether the arsenic found in the corpse could be identified with that found in a sausage on the other hand every investigating officer knows of cases in which the solution of problems seeming to outsiders almost insoluble has been obtained in this way experts in physics will discover by magnetic process traces of iron where chemical experts have found nothing botanists once furnished the author with certain proof that some branches of hops had been cut with a particular knife what can be performed with the assistance of electricity the refinements of photography, radioactive rays, runchen rays, and other acquisitions is simply illimitable as regards the moment at which advice should be asked. Care must be taken not to lose too much time, but knowledge of the circumstances attending the crime must be given to the expert. It is often stated that the expert has only to occupy himself with the object to be examined on a wound for example being shown to him he should determine its nature the time necessary for its healing and say generally what will be its consequences but this is not all he ought also to tell us the weapon position of the criminal and mode in which the blow has been delivered the numerous difficulties which such cases present and the number of different causes which may produce the same effect must not be forgotten that a conscientious expert is aware of all the circumstances attending a crime has read the depositions of the witnesses and has seen the supposed weapon etc is no reason for his coming to a precipitate conclusion but thus informed it will be possible for him to weigh every circumstance obtain a general idea of the occurrence and affirm more clearly with more certainty and what is very important less discursively than if the aids in question had been refused to him. It must not be forgotten that to-day, in spite of, and perhaps because of, the great progress of science, people make statements with much less assurance than formerly. One has only to compare books on medical jurisprudence written thirty years ago with those of today, to see that the writers of those days, acting upon a small number of cases at their disposal, did not hesitate to state-general principles the correctness of which are now much shaken for experimental science now much more extensive has found out so many exceptions that in the long run they sometimes become more numerous than the so-called rules this principle must be applied to other domains and we must not boast of our own knowledge which is always more or less incomplete if we do not know the exceptions ourselves we have but to demand them of specialists by conforming to this rule we will obtain astonishing results the specialist will refute a well-established conviction leading us to say i believe it is always thus with a series of exceptions in which it is not always thus in a recent case medical experts who on examination in the witness box affirmed positively that it was impossible for a cavity to form in lober pneumonia when confronted with authorities in cross-examination admitted that such a thing was quite possible if therefore experts themselves may be mistaken how much more should the investigating officer be unashamed to question others upon things which seem beyond all doubt moreover the circle of experts must be enlarged as much as possible Some investigating officers in many years have never made use of any other experts than doctors, analysts, and gunsmiths. It has never crossed their minds to consult workmen and artisans of all kinds. They have not thought that they might be able to obtain most precious information from such sources. The author must confess that he has often had business with experts without knowing at the outset what they might be able to tell him. He once sent for a cutler and gave him a knife found in the wound of a murdered person and asked him whether he could give any information about it the cutler replied that such knives were only manufactured in the north of bohemia and this information brought about the discovery of the criminal a turner pointed out that an article the criminal had left behind must have been turned by a left-handed person the person arrested who denied the crime came from a distant town. Search was made in that place for a left-handed turner, who, when found, identified the accused as the person who had bought the article from him. Linguists have indicated the nationality of the writer of a letter. A schoolmaster has guessed the age of a banknote-forger, then unknown, from the mistakes in writing which he made. And astronomers have given the day in spring, which, as regards the evening light, Correspondent with a certain day in autumn. In the last case, the investigating officer was able to visit a locality in spring in order to find out if the criminal would be able to see and must have seen such and such a thing at a certain hour on a certain day in the autumn. See chapter one, page twenty eight. A numismatist was able to play an even more important role as an expert. A coin with the figure of St. George was found on the scene of a crime on the face st george on the reverse a ship with christ and his disciples a witness was able to swear that the accused owned a coin which had a ship on one side he had not seen the other side the numismatist affirmed that this coin was most probably a st george coin for there are very few other coins bearing a ship and besides it was impossible for the accused to be in possession of any of those others it is self-evident that numerous consultations with specialists have no results but one must not allow oneself to be disheartened by the number of consultations made nor discouraged by checks in any particular case if one is content to examine and measure accurately the instrument of the crime in conjunction with the expert without going any further the result would be hardly appreciable if one entered upon a fairly long technical discussion with the specialist especially if he is a simple-minded person, and if the case is related and explained to him, little by little, much useful information will be gathered in. Often quite a series of workmen, etc., will have to be consulted when it is believed that some peculiarity is due to a certain kind of skill connected with some particular trade. One day, for example, an important theft, extremely skillfully carried out, was committed in the following manner. A thief, a former servant of a banker who lived alone had slipped during the daytime into the room next to the bedroom of his old master the thief was aware that the banker was in the habit before going to bed of locking the door between his bedroom and the room where the former was hidden he therefore resolved to wait until the old gentleman was asleep then slip into the bedroom take the key of the safe from the bed-table open the safe and complete the theft which indeed he did but so as not to be shut out in the room where he was hiding it was necessary to make the banker believe that it had already locked the door of communication the thief therefore shaped a small piece of wood to cork up the slot or square opening into which the bolt of the lock penetrates when the banker went to lock the door before getting into bed the bolt was unable to enter the hole in the door post thus producing the same effect as if the door had been already locked and indeed the banker declared afterwards his belief that he had already locked the door without remembering having done so the door therefore remained unlocked and the thief was able to carry out his project but he had left the little piece of wood which was prismatic in shape in the slot and it was shown to various experts the first was a locksmith who very sensibly remarked the person who made this works more minutely than we do It was not necessary to cork the hole with so much care. Quite an ordinary little piece of wood would have done well enough, provided that it was of the proper length. A turner was then questioned, who, on seeing the piece of wood, was of opinion that its workmanship indicated a man who knew how to carve. A turner turns, but does not carve, and so it could not have been a turner who was concerned in the theft a woodcarver was next questioned and he was able by chance to indicate an instrument used exclusively by makers of boot and shoe trees this instrument was procured and the investigating officer was easily convinced of the accuracy of the woodcarver's statements and on the result being communicated to the victim of the theft the thief was easily found in fact the last servant whom the banker had dismissed had formerly been a tree maker and indeed went back to that trade whenever he was out of a place it is besides astonishing to note the difficulty which people have especially persons of the working classes in getting rid of their usual manner of working it seems quite natural to them and seeing nothing out of the way in it themselves they have no fear of discovery they imagine that it appears quite as natural to others thus a weaver makes a weaver's knot a miller one like those with which he ties up his sacks of flour a sailor makes a sailor's knot a fisher a fisherman's knot a butcher makes the same kind of knot as that which he uses to tie the cord to the horn of the animal to be slaughtered and the gypsy who in breaking into a room fastens the doors to avoid surprises ties the stick which he employs for that purpose with the cord in quite a singular manner tardieu tells of a case regarding a so-called artillery knot, and Hoffman, in his legal medicine, of a case of suicide of a silk-worker who used a knot such as he employed in making shawl-fringes. It goes without saying that there are no professional experts in the science of knot-making. The only thing to be done is to question people whom one believes to have some special knowledge until the right man is hit upon. Cases of this kind are numerous. A newborn child had been killed with a knife, thrust in the back of the head at the place where the head joins the spinal column in the same way as one kills a partridge said the mayor who was an experienced sportsman and indeed the lover of the dead child's mother was a young sportsman in the case of madame henri in which her body was found in a sack in the river it was shown by a police officer that the sack had been sewn up by a woman and then bound and tied up by a man but if experts are capable of informing the investigating officer on many points care must at the same be taken not to ask them and especially medical ones for too many or for too precise explanations the author has no intention of reprobating the ridicule with which the investigating officer is covered who asks a doctor foolish questions or who requests information which cannot in the present state of science be conscientiously given he would merely recall the fact that a medical man like all other men sums up the person who questions him from the way in which the questions are put profound medical knowledge is certainly not required of the investigating officer but it is necessary that his questions be not too absurd it is only too easy for the medical man to be placed in such a position that he is forced to ask himself how in spite of all the knowledge he has so laboriously acquired such infantile questions can possibly be answered if he persists in demanding answers which cannot be given to him not only does the investigating officer deprive the medical man of all pleasure in his work but he also exposes the whole case to an irremediable check it must be repeated that the investigating officer has not always at his beck and call the medical jurisprudence and experienced professors provided with all necessary instruments who are to be found in great cities he is often obliged to work up-country with doctors who are quite young very old or with little training they may be the best practitioners in the world in general practice but they are not medical jurisprudence in the proper sense of the word only those who have had long experience of them can know what qualities a good medical jurisprudent should have he ought certainly to be a specialist in all branches of medical knowledge ought to know all the difficulties to be met with and have special experience of criminals it would not be fair to the medical jurisprudent who represents all branches of medical science to pretend that any country doctor even the very best can be a medical jurisprudent absolutely worthy of confidence it is for this reason that the investigating officer should take care not to ask the medical man for too much. It is natural for a man to prefer to say, the thing is so, rather than, I do not know, and sometimes the doctor will make precise replies when pressed by an investigating officer, replies which will not bear the examination of science. It has been necessary for the best known professors in medical jurisprudence to boldly avow, quote, We do not know this nor yet that. And many other things besides. And yet the scientists of former times used to make the most categorical statements. Take but a few examples. With what certainty did they not use to distinguish antemortem from postmortem wounds? And yet every medical jurisprudent of today points out most convincingly that the so-called distinctive signs are not always infallible. Again, medical jurisprudence used to determine very accurately the beginning and the end of a gash or cut, a point perhaps very important in a case of murder or suicide. Modern medical men dare not, in most instances, form an opinion from the mere sight of the wound, and with what certainty they used to distinguish between the blood of wounds and that of menstruation. Yet it is now admitted that this distinction is one which is not to be depended on, and which can only be made in particular cases. Formerly the possibility of ruptures of the larynx, of precipitate birth, and rupture of the umbilical cord in living persons, was absolutely denied. Today these possibilities can be no longer doubted.